Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. It's awesome to be here in the studio today. We have an awesome guest, KJ Sows. And KJ Sosa is an author of a book, but he has decided just to share his testimony today. He wants to just talk about his story with us, so I thought that was pretty cool, so we invited him on the show today. And maybe you've heard one of our commercials about his book, The Message of the Last Days. And I want to get into this podcast, but before we do, I want to share another quick story. When KJ was sharing his testimony with us, I heard something. He started saying how community was so important in his life and how the church was so important and being surrounded by other Christians was so important. And I want to read a verse, Mark 2, Mark 2, 1 through 5. And it's talking about how the paralyzed man was carried into the city where Jesus was preaching, and they let him in through the roof. And this is what the verse says. It says, And they came, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And people were confused. Well, who is this man to say things like this? Can only God forgive sins? All those things. But what I think is really cool is it says, and Jesus saw their faith. This man was forgiven by his sins because of his friend's faith, because of the people that he was surrounded by. I think that's really cool. It's because it's important of the people that we spend our time around. We are the average of the five people we spend the most time around. And so if this paralyzed man, his sins were forgiven, and later in the story, his healing happened because of the faith of his friends. And so who are you surrounding yourself with today is what I want to ask you. These guys had real faith, real hungry faith. They had the faith to believe that if they put a paralyzed man on the roof, that he would walk home because of Jesus, because of who he says that he was. These guys could have been in the crowd listening to Jesus, getting fed by his words, but instead they were digging a hole in the roof on a hot day for their friend to see his healing. We don't know all the details to the story, but what I'm thinking is all these friends were telling him, oh, you're going to get healed today. You're going to see Jesus today. You're going to walk today. And they were making these promises to him as they were carrying him into the city where Jesus was. And they lowered him down and Jesus healed him of his disease and forgave his sins. And so I'm going to ask you guys one more time, Who are you surrounding yourself around? The community that we put ourselves in is so important, and God gives us a realm of influence as well. We're called to influence those people in a godly way, a righteous way, and they're called to influence us in a righteous way, in a godly way. So I'm asking you today, pick who you're surrounding yourself with. And we're going to get into this podcast. Thank you, guys. If you guys have not yet subscribed, please do that. We're going to release more content soon. We love you guys. Join the family of Faith and Family Fellowship. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. 
We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. In today's society, God's will and our godless culture are miles apart. The world considers us weird if we choose chastity instead of promiscuity, marriage instead of shacking up, and countercultural rather than mainstream. To end that, many people, young and old, find themselves in a mighty tug of war between doing God's will and pleasing the world. In Marie Tyler's book, Saying Yes to God, A Christian Woman's Guide to Dating, she writes wise biblical principles on how to make sound decisions in relationships based on God's will. Search Saying Yes to God on Amazon today. Come and experience Riley seeing the rainbow for the first time. Riley's mom explains the true meaning of the rainbow, beginning with Noah and the ark, along with the covenant of God made in Genesis 9.13. Riley loves the Bible story and can't wait to share her experience with her friends while she tells them about Noah's ark and the rainbow. They have a few stories to share also. Visit Amazon today to experience the wonderful story behind the rainbow in the new children's book, The Rainbow and Riley, God's Beautiful Promise. It's good to have you here. It's a pleasure. Great, Dallas. Thanks. And where are you coming out of today? I'm in beautiful, sunny Niagara Falls, New York. It's finally getting warm here. That's good. What's the temperature today? Uh, maybe 60. <laughs> it's been, it's, it was a long winter, long spring. We haven't had any good weather here. Do you have any huge summer plans? No, I'm very busy. No, no vacations or anything. I'm Busy uh, working and family stuff, so kind of crazy time of year, and also with the craziness with the virus. Crazy time, (laughs) yeah, crazy time of year. So, if I could just have you just share your story with us, we're here today to talk about your testimony, and so I'll just ask, where does your story begin? Well, what I like to think about when I talk about uh, a testimony is. Uh, before the foundation of the world, God called me, God knew me. And I just think that's, you know, before I talk about my life or anything like that, um, I just think it's totally amazing that before I was born, God knew me and called me and, you know, had a purpose and a plan. So that's really the beginning of any Christian story that I, I just like to remind people of that um, it's pretty awesome to think about and mind-blowing that, you know, before we were born, God knew us. So mm-hmm. that's um, that's just, you know, the beginning of what I like to think about in my life is um, God is so awesome that he had a plan and a purpose for me. And we can say that with all of our listeners. You guys can personalize that and say, God knew me. Before the beginning yep. of the world, before the creation of the world, he knew me. Exactly. And he knew me in my mother's womb and knit me. That's so cool. Yeah, and also Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. Um, you know, that's just an amazing passage I like to ponder. It's, it's again, difficult to <laughs> grasp, but um, mm. like verse 4 says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined 
us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so that's really, really hard to comprehend, but it's awesome. It's a great start to a story. Yeah. So then moving on, you know, I uh, had a pretty normal childhood kind of a Midwestern rural, uh, old farming type community lived in the country and uh, pretty uneventful there. But what I'd like to share with your listeners is I had a little bit of a different situation than a lot of people in that my parents were mixed. It was a mixed marriage. And usually when you think about that, it's like maybe a Catholic and a Protestant or a Jewish person and a Christian, you know, that kind of mixed marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But mine was uh, two Protestants that had different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and growing up in church, you know, did the typical Sunday school, go to church and all that. But we were in a mainline denomination church, um, my father's family uh, church. And, you know, it was one of those older uh, dying type churches that you see, you know, a bunch of older people and not a much, not much youth and things like that. So that's, that's how I grew up in one of those types of churches. And, uh, my uh, parents saw the handwriting on the wall, as it were, and uh, we went to my mother's family church, which was a different denomination. And I just thought, you know, my parents had no problem moving over, but I was a teenager by that point, And it was a different type of church, different service, had more younger people. And, you know, it was just, it was just a different experience. But what I kind of gravitated towards was a different type of gospel message that was being presented. So it left me a little bit confused as a teenager. Well, all teenagers are confused, right? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, it was uh, from a Christian perspective. And I didn't reject God or, um, you know, any anything crazy, but I did stop going to church. And it's kind of just disenfranchised by the time I got into like um, late teens and early 20s. I I just was kind of confused about why there were so many different flavors of Christianity, as, as it were. So started reading uh, the Bible, uh, getting into Greek on my own and studying and just curious, you know, where did all this how difficult was studying in the Greek? Oh, I bought a, a yeah, Logos uh, software had just come out. This was like late 1980s. Um, so I cheated and, and bought a $1,000 computer program. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's some, I bought a book, Teach Yourself, New Testament Greek kind of thing. So I didn't go to seminary or anything like that. I just was curious about what the root language was about from the New Testament and the Septuagint of the Old Testament. And, uh, yeah, back then, you know, a computer cost thousands of dollars. I think I might have spent $2,000 on a PC mm-hmm. with, like, 16 kilobytes <laughs> you know, and uh, and bought the CD-ROM from Logo Software and uh, had uh, Greek and Hebrew and all that on it. So, yeah, that's that's really where I kind of got into the word deep. 
uh, way back then, about um, 30 years ago or more. But then I also traveled with work through my job, and I listened to every Christian radio broadcast that I could listen to in my car as I drove around. I, I did travel at least 50% of the time for work, so I was in the car a lot, going to Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Baltimore or wherever, and spent a lot of time in the car, so I was able to listen to uh, a lot of preachers back in the day. And uh, so I, I had a lot of uh, head knowledge by that point. I was studying the Word, but I wasn't going to church other than, you know, maybe uh, Mother's Day or, uh, you know, once in a while, you know, I would go. I did, so I didn't abandon it, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't really practicing at that point. So that's kind of the early story. So then I didn't realize what I was missing out on. Uh, being part of a, a local body of believers that, that came later in my 20s. But there were several years there I was searching, but alone, as it were. Moving forward, um, met my <clears throat> my wife. Uh, well, actually, she was my girlfriend at the time. Started going to her church once in a while, and then I realized, uh, how, you know, how great her church was and, and uh, just kind of fell into that and um, joined that church, got married, all that good stuff. And and it wasn't until I was really part of a body of believers that I really um, got into learning about what it's really about or what it means to be a, a Christian and, and have fellowship and and all the head knowledge in the world really doesn't compare, you know, to being part of a body of believers. Yeah. And how did you, how did you kind of learn that? Was there someone who was kind of coaching you along, or mentoring you, or did you just kind of pick it up? You mean back when I was on my own, kind of? Yeah, or... with your wife's church. Yeah. Oh well, it was just obvious. It was the Holy Spirit. It mm. just boom. You know, <laughs> it was like this is what I just knew that I had missed mm. something in my life. I, I knew quite a lot about the Bible and history by that point, but. But but the relationships and the the intent of the church being a body, you know, so it was pretty obvious. No one had to tell me anything. It just happened. I just went went to her church and it just happened. Mm-hmm. Just clicked. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. So that's that's and then really moving forward. You were married. You started going to that church. You had the community. Yep, then married kids. The whole yeah. So you know, twenty five years later, and older guy now. <laughs> Had you know, um, so I was an entrepreneur. Uh, sold my companies, and uh, really last year, just over a year ago, actually, I, I got into uh, publishing uh, Christian nonfiction mm. and working with Christian authors and trying to uh, figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Kind of not retire, but get into some kind of ministry. And because I have entrepreneurial business background, I realized that um, authors who don't have publishers uh, who are indie published, if you've heard of that, that's you know, mm. pretty popular Indie music, now. but probably the similar style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's because there's only, there's only so many uh, mm. Donnervins in the world, you know, um, they're, they're 
pretty big publishing houses now, and that there are some smaller uh, Christian called hybrid publishers and, and a few left, um, you know, that are smaller Christian publishers, traditional publishers, it's called. They will, you know, receive your manuscript and they'll publish your book, do everything other than you got to help with the marketing and sell yourself at the end. But, but there's so many uh, people wanting to publish books now, myself included. <laughs> I thought, well, if I'm going to learn the publishing business, I should collect all my Bible studies and put together a book myself and learn learn the publishing business. If that's something I want to do going forward of getting into Christian publishing. So I started with a, with my first book, which is really just a summary of Bible studies that I've led at my church over the years. Um, you know, kind of a summing a thread that I that I had found uh, that was able to put together into a book. So you wrote a book. What was the name? And I, for, I did forget to mention. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the the name is the message for the last days. Um, it, it's kind of half Bible prophecy, half um, gospel message. And I really uh, forgot to tell you that when I was younger, for some reason, I was really into Bible prophecy. Um, again, not for the right reasons, but uh, yeah, even at a really early age, for some reason, the book of Ezekiel and Daniel and Revelation, those, those fascinated me. So I've, I've just had a, a background on, on Bible prophecy. <clears throat> when I um, decided to write a book, it, it's, it's kind of different because, half, like I said, half of it's Bible prophecy and the other half is the gospel message. And, you know, usually someone would just write a Bible prophecy book or just talk about the gospel. But this is a little different approach of blending the gospel into uh, the history of prophecies, that which I follow the progression through to um, obviously their future fulfillment or what has already been fulfilled. And then, you know, how does that relate today to the gospel? And I want to stay on that for one second. Talking about uh, your book for a little bit and talking about this current times and your book, The Message for the Last Days, do you think that this current pandemic time is a sign of the end times? I really don't have a uh, an opinion on on that. I I don't see it as a uh, from all my research. I don't see it as a specific sign. It certainly could be uh, part of the overall scheme, but um, no, I don't I don't see any direct tie-in to. I can't quote a passage and say, "Oh, there's COVID nineteen. <laughs> it's in there." <laughs> that's what you're asking. No, I don't. I don't. I, or it's in the Bible code, you know. I I don't I don't see that. I I take the approach that you know there. I'm not a Bible code guy. I don't get into numbers secrets, and you know God yeah. hides stuff. I I mean it's, a lot of this stuff is so plain and obvious. The only problem is we get in the way and mm-hmm. you know, we can't see it because we're spiritually blind as, as if it were. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything hidden or any. You know, I'm not worried about the mark of the beast or anything like that, you know, how to figure that out. And so your experience in your life, how you, you know, kind of what you just shared with us, how has that really experienced the way that you looked at God? Yeah, I, I think going back to what I said earlier, um, getting into his will 
for my life and um you know living by every word that comes out of the mouth of god and understanding his will and you know putting that as a as the priority um then i don't have to worry about my will or and what i want to do or you know it 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 uh, really helped a lot to understand the big question of you know free will versus predestination which i know a lot of people struggle with and uh, certainly i did uh but yeah once i kind of got my arms around that i i it, it just started to click for me knowing that god's will is perfect and you know i'm i'm not mm-hmm. and i need his uh his will as a gift to me through grace to live my life and then of course sure now i'm going to go out and do good works as an afterthought i'm not going to do good works under my will to uh, be Mm -hmm. saved that's impossible as we know but but i was called to do good works i was called to do some things and that's kind of where my mission is is you know i have a strange um, hybrid approach of a business uh, background with uh, some Bible knowledge, and I don't fit the typical um, seminary uh, type um, trained, you know, whether it's a pastor or a theologian. I'm I'm not one of those guys, but I I do um, have some gifts for that I can share with the church. Uh, strangely enough, through science and analytics and things like that, and how to. Uh, read and interpret the Bible. Uh, so I think that's what my mm. calling is. And that's my experience. And uh, yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. And what do you think was the biggest change in your life when you became a believer? You're talking about the free will versus the predestination, but maybe there's something else that was bigger for that for you, bigger than that for you. Yeah, I, I exactly. I One of the big things I learned was that... Um, Salvation is is an ongoing process. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, when you're born again. I was saved in June seventh, nineteen eighty seven. You know, and it's like past tense. And you know, you know, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, and, and mm-hmm. kind of stop there. Or I was baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all set. Whereas once I got into the Greek and Hebrew and looking at all the different verb tenses of salvation passages, you know, some, some passages say we are being saved or we will be saved or we were saved. So there's this past tense, present tense, future tense, uh, active, ongoing salvation process that God uses uh, throughout scripture all the way back before the foundation of the world, all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, is this this continual thread of his salvation process, his work. Another question I'd like to ask is, how do you find that your faith and your spiritual values play a role in your work life, your marriage life, your perspective on your life? Yeah, I can give you the before and after, um, you know, going back to when I was in my late teens and early 20s, when I, I wouldn't say I was a non-believer or, you know, obviously I was looking in all these Bible passages and trying to find God through my own means. But the difference of that life 
versus the life when I joined a congregation and was active with a body of believers. That's the big turning point for me was, um, mm. you know, being part of an active body. And, you know, individualized Christianity, I just can't find any of those verses in the Bible. It's always, <laughs> you know, the body and the congregation, the assembly going way back to Israel. And so I, I think that once I got into this congregation mode and being part of the body, uh, that's that's when my life changed and uh, my marriage and all that work. Um, you could see a big difference in my life if you knew me before or after I started really going to church. And I and I won't say, you know, go to church so you can be saved or anything like that. I'm just sharing my experience that uh, it's a bazillion times better in my life once I started being part of a group of believers. That's That's the big thing. Yeah, you can tell them by their fruit. You looked different just by becoming a Christian and being with Jesus and being in the community in the assembly of believers. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned fruit. Uh, that's that's very interesting because a couple of weeks ago, my pastor talked about the fruits of the spirit, and I thought it was a very interesting point he made that you know the fruit isn't for you. A tree doesn't mm-hmm. eat its own fruit. The fruit is for other people. That's good. You know, it's to give the gifts that you've been given. So that that's um, very interesting that you mentioned fruit there because we just had a Bible study about that. It happens like that too. It's like, wow, I just heard that the other day, or that really ties in to this. God is speaking to us. It's really cool. Yeah, how many times in your life have you read a Bible passage? Again, it might have been the 50th time, but then something like fruit of the Spirit, there's some new meaning you you never heard of before or thought about. Just amazing. Yep. Yep. Just continues to unfold forever. It's it's the it's amazing. That's all the that's all I can say is just it's amazing. And my last question for you today is what do you think this is from from your book, what's the biggest problem that you see in Christianity? Yeah, the the big problem is is disunity. Um I mean as as I'm a firm believer in unity of the church and the body, and here we've got all these different denominations, which which I was part of. I, I know I understand different people have different beliefs, and and a lot of people get bent out of shape about <laughs> some some of these things. But um, you know, interpretation of the Bible I, I think is directly related to that, and how the Bible is interpreted or yeah. misinterpreted. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of these factions and sects. And really, I think that, that creates this disunity because uh, people can look at the same Bible verse and get three different meanings out of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it is true that sometimes there's a, different levels of meaning that God uses, like we just mm-hmm. talked about with the fruit of the spirit. And, you know, you can learn more about that as you grow, you go from milk to, you know, for babes mm-hmm. to meat and potatoes, you know, type of Christianity as you learn, <clears throat> as you learn. But, um, but yeah, I think that's one of the things that I always, um, just going back to my early childhood is, you know, why are there so many different denominations? Yeah. 
different belief systems within Christianity. And, and there are obviously the common common threads of grace by faith alone and Christ alone and, you know, these certain common core uh, beliefs that we all share. And um, I just wish, you know, that, that um, there was more unity within the church because we're not enemies with each other, you know, fighting each other arguing with each other isn't helping the real enemy is is out there and uh you know we we have meetings with our church in different churches different denominations and whatnot and uh and i've been non-denominational and different i won't mention denominations but um but one of the guys from another church you know said you know we we might have some differing views here on some topics but you know, we're not the, the problem. The problem is out there in the world, and what can we do together to uh, share the gospel? Yeah. That's the overall mission. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Is there anything else that you'd like to communicate to me or the listeners? No, this has been great. I, I think we covered uh, all the main topics that uh, relate to what I'm doing now. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I do have a book. I don't I don't charge people for it. It's free. Um. So I'll just do a quick um, plug for the book. If you want to type in the message for the last days, KJ Sows, my website will pop up or Amazon will pop up. You can go right on Amazon and and find it and download it for free. It's something I feel called to do. Yeah, I'll put that link in the description as well. If you guys see that, you can click on it and check out that book. Great. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, and if if we can end the podcast by you praying us out. That would be awesome. My pleasure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for your people, for your church, and that even though sometimes we are not united, we ask for unity through your Holy Spirit, through your word, that you would touch our lives in your grace and mercy, that we can all live peaceably together as you intended through the body of the church. We ask this this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.